Hello and welcome to Famicast 17. I am your newly christened host, Danny Bivens. And today I am joined by the new Captain eShop, Mr. Don Koopman. Don't stop believing. Unless you want to. And with me as well is Minoru Yamaizumi. Hello. Hey there. And coming back from the dead, not from the dead, from last month, <laughs> is Mr. <laughs> that sounds pretty horrible, actually. Yes. Well, hey, he rose from the dead. That's great, right? No, that's, that would mean he's somebody going to eat us. Good. Well, okay. <laughs> Joining us again is Mr. Ty Shugert. Behold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ty, yeah. Ty, welcome back to the show, man. Um, all right, so we have a lot of different stuff to talk about here this month. Uh, lots of different news has happened, and you know a lot of cool games have come out. So we're gonna you know let you guys know all about that. So we're gonna go ahead and get started with new business here after the first musical break. All right, and so new business. So Minoru is going to kick it off for us here today. Okay, uh, first uh, let me talk about uh, the last five people who, uh, with whom I street passed. Please, yeah. thank you. Okay, <laughs> uh, they uh, played um, Oni Training, Adrian Odyssey uh, 4, Devil Summoner Soul Hackers, mm -hmm. Shifting World Demo, and eShop. Okay. Yeah. And uh, speaking about um, my new business, uh, recently I'm playing Resident Evil 6, um, but I've listened to many people talking and bitching about it on several <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of beyond the point that I never want to talk about Resident Evil 6 again. Hmm. It, it, I mean, I, I mean, it hurts so much. Well, maybe I should stay away from it then. Yeah. So I really want to buy it, but you shouldn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> and before Resident Evil Six, uh, I played another Capcom game, Willow, uh, which I'm going to discuss here. Mm -hmm. Now, Willow is an action RPG for Famicom and NES, released <gasps> in 1989, at least okay, in, I, in Japan. Okay. Can I ask? Can I ask you a question? Is sure. this based on the movie Willow? Yes, good point. Awesome. Yes. Okay, that's Ty. Do you know this movie Willow? I know that movie. Okay. Anyway, well, I, I think the movie's awesome. But any, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I, I didn't even ever really realize that there was a game for this. So sorry, I mean, no, to go ahead, man. Yeah, and uh, back then my brother had a copy. And so I played it only once or twice, and I remember I enjoyed the beginning of the game. So I picked up a box copy and played the first half of the game or so before I stopped playing it. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, Willow is a licensed game based on the movie with the same title. And it was written by George Lucas, mm -hmm. but the director was another guy. Mm -hmm. and. Actually, I've never seen the movie. And, oh my god. Yeah. But it seems to be a typical fantasy where a hero eventually saves the world 
or princess or something like that. <laughs> and um, the title Willow uh, comes from the name of the protagonist. Um, this hero has a wife and children from the beginning, unlike many JRPGs. So uh, actually, when I was a child, I mistook him for a boy, and <laughs> and his sprites uh, look like a boy, like uh, Link. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of the game, I think the best reference point is the original Zelda, uh, since Willow is an action RPG for Famicom and NES, and it also uses top view and screen by screen scroll. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, yeah, it was released in 1989, uh, three years after the original Zelda. Hmm. Uh, so naturally, in many respects, it looks more advanced. Uh, for one thing, um, Willow can move in eight directions, um, while Link can move in only four directions. Okay. Yeah. For another, uh, there's two ways to attack by a sword. If you push uh, the B button, Willow slashes. But if you push a button of the D-pad at the same time, he stabs with a sword. Hmm. Uh, slash is like a normal sword attack of a Link to the Past, mm-hmm. and it covers about 120 degrees, degrees uh, while stab is like a sword attack of the original Zelda. Okay. So it's stronger than slash, but you can attack only enemies right ahead of you, hmm. uh, which is cool. And game system-wise, Willow differs from Zelda in many points. Um, For example, every time you beat enemies, you get some experience points. And when you level up, your health points, magic points, and other stats increase. At the same time, um, interestingly enough, uh, you become better at handling swords. And uh, there are lots of swords and shields in this game. Huh, and okay. yeah, and the more powerful a sword is, the higher level is required to handle it smoothly. Hmm. Yeah, I mean when you level up the attack motion becomes quicker and now you can attack more successively. Hmm. So this is also cool. And um, Speaking of a presentation, and this game is excellent for a Famicom game. Hmm. Uh, graphics are really beautiful, and the music is awesome. You can listen to one of the most impressive tunes while entering a password. And it was written in the style of a jig, uh, which is among the common Baroque dance music. So at first I fell in love with this game. I was like, man, this is much better than Zelda. <laughs> but honestly, now I don't think so. And actually, I stopped playing it before beating it. Uh, here's why. Uh, one complaint is about the spells. Uh, instead of Zelda sub weapons, you can learn various cool spells. Yeah, but aside from healing magic, I had few chances to use them because uh, they obviously need some magic points every time. Mm-hmm. And you usually want to save a magic point for replenishing your health, uh, mm-hmm. since this is the only way. Uh, so most of the time, you need to battle with enemies using your sword alone, which mm-hmm. makes combat very repetitive. So with the healing, I mean, there's no hearts laying around or nothing like that? Exactly. I mean, wow, that's kind of hardcore. <laughs> yeah. 
Hmm. And, and in Zelda, okay. in contrast, uh, you can use most sub-weapons infinitely. And they make, um, you know, combats more interesting and varied. Mm -hmm. yeah. Besides, uh, my biggest complaint is about the design of the field and dungeons. In short, and they are always too way too mazy. I got lost very easily, and it was not fun at all, because uh, there are too many dead ends without rewards. So I just had to go back many many times. What's worse, and there's no in-game map of the field and the dungeons, unlike Zelda. Uh, but uh, it was mm, not uncommon. Uh, in mm -hmm. NES games, mm -hmm. yeah, and there seems to be no uh, mm, uh, no mm, exploration element like many secrets in Zelda. Mm -hmm. So in this respect, I'd say the original Zelda is much better. Hmm. Uh, you know, Zelda's dungeons are totally different. Uh, however, mm, they are complicated. You can gradually progress towards a goal while solving puzzles and getting rewards as if you are led by invisible hands. And also uh, in Zelda, even when you got, get lost on the field, you are likely find something cool. And mm -hmm. on, uh, on the other hand, in Willow, you are not guided at all, and it has no puzzle to solve. You just uh, reach a goal, or more likely dead ends again and again. <laughs> So um, I felt I'm wasting time while wandering around. So and this is the main reason I stopped playing it. Hmm. I guess uh, field and uh, dungeon designs of Zelda are most difficult to rip off. Uh, hmm. But um, to be fair, Willow is a more linear, so making an intriguing field may have been more difficult. Hmm. But probably they could have done it better. Hmm. Yeah, still, um, I think overall, um, Willow is a pretty good for a Famicom title, mm -hmm. although it probably didn't hold up well. Mm -hmm. And Capcom has been known for good licensed games in the 8-bit era, like um, DuckTales. Mm -hmm. But many of such well-known games are platformers. But Capcom also made many good licensed games in other genres, like Willow. And another good example is uh, Sweet Home, uh, yeah, yeah, which is a very unique survival horror non-action RPG. Yeah. <laughs> really? Really, yeah. Uh, the goal is to escape from a haunted mansion like the original Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. yeah, and what's interesting here is, um, according to Wikipedia, uh, the original Resident Evil was originally intended to be a remake of this game. Hmm. Yeah, so no wonder um, they are pretty similar in many points. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. And honestly, it was scarier than RE6. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, but unfor unfortunately, uh, this game has never been officially released in the West. Reportedly because it's too gory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but and there seems to be a good fun translation. So, if you are not satisfied with RE6 like me, Sweet hmm. Home may be a good alternative. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, 
Alright, well, Minoru, is that all you've been playing lately, man? Uh, yeah. Okay. Alright, so next up, how about our new Rising from the Dead zombie man, Ty? Uh, how would you like to, you know, share uh, what you've been playing with us next? Um, well, I've been playing uh, lots and lots of games mm -hmm. all the time. <laughs> um, you know, I'm big into fighting games. I went to uh, a tournament in Tokyo uh, last weekend. Oh, cool. That was fun. I played, uh, what did I play? Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Tekken Tag Tournament 2, and uh, Persona 4 Arena. Hmm. Which still hasn't released in Europe yet. Thank you. You're welcome. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, because because of region lock, we still can play it, which is amazing. This is the first PlayStation free game, which is region locked. I think it's the second, actually. The second, okay. Which which was the first? There was. One? I I don't remember. It was really dumb. It like had an entire movie on the disc, so. <laughs> hmm. I think that was the reason. I I don't remember the title though. It wasn't a game I was interested in. But at apparently, all. it's not going to be translated. But because of of regional issues, we're not going to get until January or February next year. Hmm. Well, that's Europe for you. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, my favorite game though that I've been playing lately is Double Dragon Neon. It came out the other week for Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network. Ah, okay. And it is. It is brilliant. <laughs> I've been hearing a lot of complaints about this game. So what do you find most um, interesting about it? Well, one, it's Double Dragon. It plays really well. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of moves. And uh, the other thing is it's intensely funny. <laughs> it's like it, it has that Venture Brothers sense of humor to it. Nice. You have this shrieking villain talking about you like destroying all the TVs in his like secret lair because they're expensive <laughs> hmm. and um, there, there's just all these goofy jokes um, like you hit somebody in the face with a baseball bat and Billy will say touchdown nice <laughs> nice yeah it, it's really funny uh, and the soundtrack is also amazing it's very 80s styled uh, original music and Double Dragon remixes, and it's done by um, Vert from OC Remix. Yep, that um, he works also with um, Way Forward, who I think made the game. Yeah, Way Forward developed this yeah. game. Yes, uh, who of course many Nintendo owners will know from various digital titles. So, um, yeah, it's I don't I don't know because. I've been hearing things about all across the board, and I'm thinking about downloading it. So, is it worth for somebody who really loved the original games? Yes, if you love the original games, you'll love this game. Excellent. Great. Yeah, because I remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, Guillaume Viet, the editor of you know RFN Radio Free Nintendo, he had talked a little bit about this game, talked about, I don't know, something about helicopters and explosions and I, I don't know it just sounded like totally ridiculous and wacky oh it's ridiculous and <laughs> wacky great <laughs> awesome yeah <clears throat> and then you know the kind of like the 80s aesthetic too that sounded kind of interesting um so hmm. yes interesting it, there is a lot of neon in the game <laughs> like nice. literal neon just all over the place well the last level is like this chinese castle except it's all built out in neon lights and stuff it's great so it's kind of like a kung fu movie but at the same time, it's just this twisted, goofy, 
1980s thing going on. Sounds sounds like another good remake from way forward then. Yeah, it's more of an original game than a remake, really. Okay. Anything else? Yes. Um, this morning, or I guess, yeah, this morning, as far as Japan goes, uh, I played uh, through Friday the Thirteenth on the NES on my live stream. Hmm. Hmm. Good times, sort of. <laughs> Uh, well, let me tell you about that game. Like, you can beat it in, like, an hour, but the odds are very, very stacked against you. And uh, is it things are, are not made clear in that game. You have to know what to do. Because, like, there, there's very little direction in the game. And you, you play as, like, uh, six, you know, camp counselors. And most of them suck. They can't run fast or jump high or something except for two of them can well how do they all become camp counselors then hmm i don't have a witty answer for that <laughs> they're, they're kind of like uh you know like like characters in friday the 13th movies they're all really stupid yeah. and they get murdered by jason right of course. that's how you feel when you play this game you feel really stupid you don't know what to do and then you get murdered by jason <laughs> is that like your end goal to get murdered yeah it, it actually <laughs> does uh follow the movie very well as far as that goes <laughs> doesn't mean it's fun <laughs> but i did finish it i like I, I used the save state once i had to like do over day three you have to you have to basically kill jason three times and every time well there's three days mm-hmm. day one he's like pretty slow and uh that gives you a chance to like uh, get some decent weapons for all the counselors, and but then day two and day three, he just like becomes this turbocharged rape machine, <laughs> and it, it it's like when you fight him, it it's like this Mike Tyson's punch out kind of interface, except he like kills you in four hits and he moves at this four hits. Pardon me, and he moves at the speed of light. Oh wow, that's pretty yeah. fast. <laughs> so like, you you have to know exactly what you're doing, and probably pretty much the only way to do that is to go online, read guides, watch playthroughs, and then try to copy the strategies as much as possible. So when you're actually fighting Jason, it's just like pattern recognition type of stuff. Um, yes, and. A lot of execution, like, hmm. like uh, he'll, he'll be in like normal, uh, like normal speed and turbo speed. And on day three, he'll be in turbo speed all the time. When he's at turbo speed, he takes two swings at you, and you can like dodge early and then dodge again between the second one. It, like, like I said, it's like punch out. You have to dodge to the side, or if you wait until like. It almost feels like a margin of like three frames or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> if you if you dodge the first one like at the last possible moment, you'll dodge both of them and you'll get a good chance to counterattack there. <laughs> wow, this sounds really difficult and insane. <laughs> it is difficult and insane, but you can hop on my live stream and watch my playthrough. I'll make sure it uh, stays uh, up there permanently. Okay. Well, where can we find your live stream at? Oh, it's twitch.tv 
twitch.com or no it's twitch.tv slash super cat drugs okay well what i'll tell you what i'll do for you guys listening at home or not at home uh, i'm gonna go ahead and put a link here so if you're listening to the enhanced version of the podcast you can you know kind of check out the you know art and stuff like that you should see a link that you can click we'll also put it in the show notes i think that too yeah <laughs> cool all right ty is that all you've been playing man no well <laughs> okay got something else you want to get something else you want to talk about I killed Krim in Minecraft. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> he probably James Jones. Uh, he probably deserved it. So he did. Okay. <laughs> See, he just left his game open, and I invited myself in. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great. Um. So that'll about do it for the games I've been playing. Okay. Cool. And Ty unfortunately doesn't have a 3DS, so he can't share with us the people that he has street passed. Because the people he street passes, he has no idea who they are. What the hell is a street pass? <laughs> See, he doesn't even know. <laughs> so, all get right. with the so, program, man. Get a free DS. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. I'm gonna get one when Leighton versus Right comes out. I'm gonna buy them on the same day. There you go. That that's good. You should you should buy it uh-huh. with a bundle, which comes with a digital game. Hmm. I'll think about it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Next up, Don, would you like to tell us what you've been playing? And start off by telling us the first five people that you street passed here most recently. Sure, sure. So I've been recently to a Dutch event that there were also Japanese people there. So first off was a people who was playing Culture Bit, again. Um, then there was uh, somebody with Mario Kart, uh, the Mario and Sonic Virtual Kart album, again. Um, Ocarina of Time 3D and Rayman on Virtual Console. All right. Yeah. Cool. So what you been playing, dude? Um, I've been playing a couple of things, but let's first talk about something I played at an event recently, which uh, which is was the same event I just talked about, which is uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star, which was a demo for it, and uh, which was a big surprise because the week beforehand um, was Eurogamer Expo in the UK, and there it wasn't available. So this was actually the first European Expo this demo was available. Uh, to the public to play, which was really good. Um, Paper Mario. Uh, first of all, did you any one of you play Super Paper Mario on Wii? I did not. Me know Me you? Neither. Nope. Okay, so I have to explain that bit too. So Super Paper Mario on Wii um, went away from the RPG stuff most of the time. It went from a sort of little bit action RPG with mostly weird platforming in its dimension mechanic from 2D to 3D. And I didn't like it too much. Um, I thought the story was funny like the like the first two games on Nintendo 64 and GameCube. Uh, but I didn't like those segments to it. And it felt, it felt kind of forced in a lot of fashions. Um... But once again, I enjoyed my playthrough solely because of the story. So, going into Paper Mario, Sticker Star, I heard some things like 
they kept that system of the 1-1-1-2 level mentality. So I was kind of worried at first from, is this going to work out very well? Um, but, so I started 1-1, first started with the opening, which of course uh, features Bowser kidnapping Princess Peach again and shattering the, um, the star comment, which uh, gives him tremendous power. And and then you start up in Tau Town and you explore the world a bit and meet your partner character Crystal, which is a bit mean at first at Mario. Uh, but then um, she helps them out and you have to collect through the town to collect these toads, which um, must help to wall out the city, which is walled up in a gigantic um, wall, basically. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny. And you learn the mechanics a bit by bit. So the battle mechanics are basically your sticker. So you collect these stickers around town and by going into item stores. And those are basically your hammer and your jump attacks. So based on if you have a shiny or a big one or just a little broken sticker, um, that's the power of your attack. So there are basically... Not major RPG elements to it, although it retains the same battle system style, which is a lot of fun. Um, a good thing about the game right from the get-go is that more of the world is more paper than ever before. It's like, like even the coins and the environments are very more paper than they ever have been. Which um, looks fantastic in 3D, by the way. The game looks absolutely great in... Um, in this art style. Um, so it immediately has that going for it. Going into the actual main campaign itself. So I played the first two levels of the game. Um, so it, it feels pretty much more like the original Paper Mario's. But it mixes once again that, that Super Paper Mario style to them. And what it results into is that it's the best of both worlds. Um, which is a comforting thing to hear, although people who like the original RPGs will be a little disappointed at first that it still hasn't have the main focus. The main focus is on on, on those stickers and also collecting these real-world items um, which impact the environment, um, which you can use later on in attacks. Like, you can use this massive uh, windmill um, to to blow enemies off the environment and give them massive damage, or use basically a real-life version of a goat to um, to munch up Goombas, which um, is amazing. Um, so every section is up is set up in like um, seven to eight mi- to ten twelve minute chunks, um, which ends in collecting a little bit of the star comment. Um, and then it moves on to the next level. Um, I went up almost to the end of the first world, and there was, was just uh, this gigantic Goomba made of of smaller Goomba stickers. Um, and so- sometimes the enemies play very well into that. Like they will turn their sticker form into like spikes, so Mario can jump on them, which is quite clever. Um, so. It has been very interesting to see how it all turned out. Um, 
I've been I haven't seen much more beyond like the first world. I could see a little bit of the of the of the map. Like there's a beach environment. There is like an environment environment. There's a environment in the mountains. It looks all very good and nicely. Um, but um, yeah, I'm pretty much looking forward to it, and I didn't thought that it was possible after what Super Paper Mario has done to that series. So. I'm very intrigued by it. I know for me, I haven't played a Paper Mario game since the N64 one, and um, I, I really enjoyed that game. I thought it was awesome, and you know, for whatever reason, I just didn't get the one on the GameCube, and I don't know. You, I wasn't should, really... you still, you still st- should look into if you can find it because it's the most amazing RPG of them all. Yeah, I it's, think uh... like whenever it came out, for whatever reason, because that was around the time I was buying like everything, like as soon as it came out, and the GameCube yeah. era was ridiculous for me. And that's just one of the games that I didn't buy. And then it just like got harder and harder to find and stuff like that. So I just didn't ever get it. And yeah, <laughs> so but yeah, I, I do want to play that, and I'm really interested in the 3DS one. Obviously, it's not going to be that hard to find that. It's just coming out what you know in December here in Japan. And, it's um, also coming uh, digital, so there you go. Yeah. Um, it 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 is pretty interesting. Um, after me disliking Paper Mario, that I had a lot of fun with this one. But again, the presentation is well. All the little things they've added make the game seem worthwhile. Um, and and it seems that I have listened a little bit to the criticisms of the Wii one. Um, so it is definitely a game to get. Um, for certain. So I'm definitely picking it up when it comes out in North America. I will just download it from their eShop and then uh, play it for the entirety of that month. So hopefully you report next month on that during this podcast. Um, then we're going to the little stuff. Um, so first off, I played an EX Troopers demo. I think Danny played it too. Yep, yep I did. Um, so I must say, I really liked it. Um... I at when the date came out, um, I actually had a cousin over because it's currently autumn holidays over here. So we both played on on the 3DS together um, in co-op. Yeah, and we played the entirety of that demo through. Well, only the co-op missions. There are two co-op missions and one single-player mission. We both played it separately. The single-player mission first to get a feel for the game, and then uh, we played the two co-op missions together. Um, like what do in the in the co-op missions? Because I have not had a chance to play those on the demo version. I think they might be pretty much identical to what you, was you, at TGS. You, you, can, you can play them. You can play them on your own, though. Oh, you can. Yeah, um, you ju- you just pressed I and start, and you can play them on your own. Oh well, I'll have to do that. I didn't even like monkey around with that stuff. Cool. So um, playing it co-op means you you uh, connect to one another to one of the lobbies they've set up for you. So there. Are, there are like 16 or 20 amount of lobbies just for the demo version. Uh, which, I, th- uh, I think it's uh, 16. 16, which yeah. well, that's still quite good. Um, so um, one of one of the people is the host, and the other one then joins af- directly after. And then you set up your character, you choose your weapons. There are two main weapons and like four or five sub-weapons you can choose from. Uh, the the main weapon goes on Y, I think. Yes. And uh, the sub weapon goes on X. And then um, you all, all are in this lobby environment. You all press Y and then all press Start, and then you begin. 
Um, it all works pretty seamlessly. It's um, it all boots up pretty darn fast. It didn't turn, didn't take too long, less than a minute, I think. Um, then you first off, you have this this bug filled environment where you have to shoot like various um, parts where bugs come out of them, and then later on you have to battle these gigantic monsters. Which you have to attack their tails or butts <laughs> to defeat them. Um, the most fun about the demo is um, is getting the flow for the game and doing it well, and then um, doing it so far that you have access to those special attacks, which you then can tap on a button on the touch screen and to activate them. And so there are two. There, there's the solo one, which is um, basically a lot of Shots fired in random on the place, so a lot of um, enemies will attack at once. And then there is the the co-op attack, which is this gigantic blast, just uh, gigantic laser, um, which which will fire at the enemy, which will do a lot of damage. I was we were at the final at the final boss of like the first um, co-op level, and we just attacked with that gigantic laser, and it. Um, screwed him over in just one single strike, which uh, was great. It it felt great. Um, the game looks nice in 3D. Um, I was I was really impressed by how the game looks. Yeah, I, I was too. That's one thing that I definitely noticed when you look at it. It's like, oh my god, this is a 3DS game? This is, like, ridiculous. I mean, this is incredible. I think Capcom does, does, does well in those parts. Like, even if you go to Monster Hunter Trilogy or to oh, yeah. uh, Resident Evil, those games look amazing, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I really dig the aesthetic in this game, too, because it's kind of like a living manga, I guess, because, you know, they sometimes in some of the cutscenes they kind of have, like, kind of like a manga panel or something, and they have, like, you know, some kind of text, you know, in Japanese coming across the screen, you know, maybe some kind yeah, of monster. Yeah growling or something and it's just really awesome it's really well done and like i said the visuals look great it runs silky smooth it is amazing um yeah i the the the, the, the solo level I, I feel was more an introduction to the game oh yeah definitely like like knowing like knowing what is up and how you do everything well the two co-op levels if you even if you play alone especially if you play them alone they are quite challenging um, but you can. There are no. There's no time limit to it. It's just over when you die a couple of times. So there is a lot of fun that can be taken out of that. So it's it's definitely good fun. I'm definitely picking that one up when it comes out. The music is great. Everything is great about it. So um, it just rekindles the love for it that I have had of the last few Nintendo directs. Um. The other thing, very quick, is more Fire, Fire Emblem Awakening. I've been playing a couple of more of those DLC packages. Like, um, there's a new adventure called um, uh, The Hope Lost, um, where it goes into the future of like a, a few of the kid characters in your party, um, and you uh, have to save them from various different um, scenarios. Um, which is very interesting stuff. And next to that, I've been playing more of the spot pass stuff, which um, you get new challengers every single day added to your map. So I've been playing like a lot of that over over the course of the last two months or so. And I'm currently over like 
53 hours into with that game. So that game is totally worth your money. When it comes out, also in the West for people listening, that game is really worth your money. Um, finally, New Super Mario Bros. 2 DLC. Who fought? <laughs> so, I, I presume that both Mino and Danny have played it. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Oh, well, fine. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Um... So there are three of those DLC packs. Um, they're all right, I guess. What do you What do you think? Well, I really like the. Oh my god, the last one. The um. The the, 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 the here's the here's the thing with here's my beef with the last one. The first level is really difficult. The rest you can do quite easily. Well, hmm. I did. I, I don't. No, really, really. I I did those those other two in my first in my first playthrough of them. Really. Yeah. I definitely had some problems. Um, for, for those of you that don't know, like this last pack of the Mario thing, it's called like Nerve Rack Pack in the English version, and it's yeah. it's just insane. Um, like the first stage has you basically you hit a switch, and it turns all these coins into blocks, and you keep on having to hit switches to keep the blocks as blocks. So if you don't, you fall to your death. They're quite they're quite devilish place too. Yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's just it, the more you play it, I mean, the more you remember where the stuff is, and you can do it. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then it, it does get kind of annoying because you know, if you make it to the second stage and die, then you have to go back to the beginning of that first stage. And I don't know. But still, I I did play that that pack alone for at least like you know two hours, like around mm. the time when it first came out. Because I thought it was just really fun and really challenging. So that sounds great. I love hard bullshit Nintendo yeah it's games. sometimes it is kind of bullshit but it's great and i mean you know i've talked about new super mario brothers 2 and we've all talked about it here on the podcast before it's i don't think it's like a bad game i just thought like you know the single player stuff was kind of uninspired but i think the coin rush stuff is definitely the best part of the game and you know with them continuously releasing some kind of dlcs like this this is great Actually, actually, I, I here's the thing. Here's the thing, and here's my beef with like the DLC stuff. I wish I could play them separately without the coin rush stuff. And I still think that's a big problem with the game. It focuses too much on the coins, too little on the Mario gameplay. Well, and I, I don't think the DLC, in all honesty, will change your mind of that. No, I mean, I still think that it's a really good representation of... I mean, because you have to be a good Mario player, at least for this last pack, to oh, yeah, get through Oh, yeah, stuff. definitely, definitely. But, I, but but depending on how much you played Mario, I don't think um, it will take you long to beat them. It depends on how it depends on how good you are. Yeah, definitely. hell no. It won't, it won't take you too long to beat them. Yeah. Ty, were you going to say something, man? Oh, wait. Yeah, wait, when I say hard bullshit... I mean that in a good oh, way. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um. So yeah, that's it basically. Oh yeah, in reference to what we said on a previous episode, the European name for 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 uh, Oni training is now uh, Doctor Karashima's devilish brain training. Can you stay focused? Thank you very much. Devilish brain training. That's a lot of words. Yeah, I I I I told you that any last time. It would be in line. It would be in line with the Japanese name. Yeah. Hey, I didn't tell call you a liar, did I? 
Did I? Yeah. I did? Yep. Well, I don't know. I think James really questioned it, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. And so that leads me to wonder, I don't know if they're going to keep that whole demon aesthetic for the North American version. I imagine with a name like, you know, Devilish Training or whatnot in, the, in Europe that they'll keep it. But yeah, yeah that's interesting. Okay, so I'll wrap it up here with new business. I've <laughs> been spending a lot of money on games over the past couple of months, um, past month. Right? Games, games, games. I should still get. Yes, but I still, I still haven't. Yes, Don doesn't have them because he sucks. No, no, the shipping sucks. There it is. All, all <laughs> the shipping sucks. Um, so yeah, I, I picked up a couple of really cool games here. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about here, I'm not going to talk like a ton about this, but um, uh, you know, I'll tell you the general stuff. We talked about a lot of these maybe previously as well. Uh, first one I want yeah. to talk about is Project X Zone, uh, which is the collaborative title between Capcom, Namco Bandai, and Sega. And um, I I've played it for about three hours now. Um, okay. And it's kind of like crazy because, you know, there are so many different characters from so many different series and stuff. Like, I think there are there were like five prologues <laughs> to play through. And I just got through like all the prologues and I just finished like the first chapter. And that's just like, you know, the first two hours. But, um, you know, similar to with kind of what me and James were talking about at TGS last month. Uh, I mean... This is, you know, a tactical strategy kind of RPG, but you're being all these, you know, different crazy characters from all these different companies. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels really good. It doesn't... I, I really have nothing bad to say about the game. It looks pretty good, too. Uh, I really like kind of the simplified 2D sprite graphics mixed in, mixed in with, like, the 3D environments. It's kind of cool. And uh, I, I don't know if you guys knew this. Minoru, maybe you did. But apparently there was... This is like a sequel to a game that came out in 2005 called Capcom Cross Namco, I think, or Namco Cross Capcom? It's Namco Cross Capcom, yes, mm -hmm. I have that oh, game. Oh, wow, cool. So I, I guess this is just, you know, it's pretty much like the same type of stuff, you know, crazy story <laughs> and stuff like that, but... uh yeah, and, you know, honestly, when it comes to, like, tactical RPGs, sometimes I shy away from it. I remember trying out, like, Final Fantasy Tactics and Tactics Advance, like, back in the day, and just kind of being turned off by how long it takes to, like, do stuff, and then if you screw up, how awful it is to try to go and do the stuff again. So this doesn't really feel like that, because the battles don't really ever take, you know, an extremely long amount of time, and... I believe you can actually like save in the middle of the battles too, so I mean it's not that big of a deal. So, but Ty, like with the other game, did you like beat it or anything? Um, I think I played it through about halfway, mm -hmm. and um, the battles in that one took a really long time. I think like an hour. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It it took a lot, an awful lot of time. It it was fun though. It's definitely very interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, as far as character selection goes, there were a lot of great, lovable characters mm -hmm. and uh, some really cool, like, team-up super moves. Mm -hmm. Like, if you use certain characters in certain combinations, mm -hmm. you get, like, these really over-the-top super move kind of moves. Mm -hmm. Do they have those in Project X-Zone? So, what, how they do it in X-Zone, like, you know, you have, like, a 
default like pair of characters, not necessarily from like the same series. Um, like I think it was Chun Li and Morgan from Darkstalkers. They're like a yeah. They they work as one unit. Basically. They work as one. Yeah, but what they do in this game, they have like another slot for like an extra character that could come in, and uh-huh. if you hit like the R button, that character will come in, and you could do like you know your cross attack and stuff, and uh, it, it's pretty powerful. But um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool, and you know you could change to which you know. If you want this or that guy with this or that party, you can do that. So, yeah. But like you said, Jesus, I don't think the battles take anywhere close to like an hour. I think you can probably get through a battle, at least all the ones I've been through, probably get through them in like, you know, 20, 30 minutes, something like mm-hmm. that. So it's not too bad. So, uh, Well, I think that might be, well, it's a 3DS game. So mm-hmm. it since it's portable, I think it makes more sense to have uh, shorter matches mm-hmm. or, or battles rather. Mm-hmm. And the Namco Cross Capcom was on PS2, mm-hmm. so if you're playing that, you're probably not on the train or whatever. <laughs> probably not, right? <laughs> so you can take your time with it. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting to hear because I hear you talking about it, and it's also quite similar to the changes they made in Fire Emblem Awakening, where you can also save like mid-battle if it takes too long. Oh, cool. Okay. So it, it 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 feels what you're saying to me. It feels quite similar to that. So it makes me actually quite excited. So there you go. Yeah, it's it's quite a bit of fun. Um, I'm working on getting some impressions to put up on the site. Which by the time you listen to this, it should already be up on the site. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, another game I've been playing too came out on the same day. Bravely Default, Flying Fairy. Kind of a weird name, but it. If you play the game, it kind of makes sense, I guess. Um, but anyways, you know, this is the latest original IP RPG from Square Enix. And I know Minoru has put a shit ton of time into the last demo. Like, yeah. I mean, it was uh, ridiculous. How many hours did you put into that, man? Well, um, according to uh, the record, um, uh, it was played for um, 24, 31 hours. Yeah, but uh, but uh, many of which is just uh, waiting time. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm, uh, I just waited uh, for um, rebuilding a ruined city mm-hmm. or town. Yeah. And actually, uh, later I I learned that uh, while sleeping in the sleeping mode, uh, mm, the rebuilding process uh, go, goes on. So so I uh, didn't have to uh, open my Yeah, and this this part of the game, this is actually something that gets kind of revealed early on. I won't tell like specifics, but basically this town where one of the main characters used to live gets just destroyed and there's a huge hole where like the town used to be. Um I won't say like, you know, why, but I mean that that's kind of like the thing. And in this like other mode outside of the game well, inside the game, I guess, um, you have a chance to rebuild the town. And it's all based on Street Pass. And they had this in the demo that they released uh, back last month. And what you can do seamlessly, too, is just carry that information into the retail copy, which is great, because I thought maybe I'd have to, I don't know, do some kind of special wanky stuff to get it working. But, you know, it's okay. But, um, yeah, basically, using your people, you're rebuilding just various parts of the town, uh kind of then after that like let's say you have a weapon shop you can upgrade the weapon shop 
uh, even further. You know, it, it, and this is all done in real time. So some of the things could take like literally 99 hours if you just use one character. So you're better off using your maybe maximum of 20 characters, you know, on it to do that. So you can get this stuff done in a faster time. Um, then what's cool about it too, like later on, uh, there's this little guy that's like in the different towns. He, he, he serves as like a save point. But um, what's really cool is that in the game later on, you can actually talk to him and like buy items from your shops that you had created in this thing, which is kind of cool. So, hmm. yeah, I was kind of surprised about that because like this particular character and all like the demos, uh, he was always kind of making appearances and not really doing much. <laughs> so, but um. Yeah, anyways, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the game looks great. Uh, 3D is really, really wonderful on it. Um, I, th I think I think the battle system is pretty cool. I think I talked about it before. Um, it you know it's it is a pretty traditional type of RPG with these new elements called Brave and Default. Uh, if you click Brave, you can do it like a maximum of three times, and what it does, it gives you you can attack more, do more stuff, you know, in that turn. But the the thing is, if you do that, then you're going to be, like, kind of screwed because then you won't be able to do anything for, like, the next, you know, however many times. You, let's say you did it, like, three times. You're screwed for, like, basically, you know, three turns where you can't really do anything with that character. So it's all about, like, strategy and how you decide to use this stuff. So it's kind of cool. And default is just the exact opposite. You can build up more of these things. If you hit default, you can stand there and kind of be a target. But the next time, you can actually use your default and you know, kind of use it towards a brave. So, kind of interesting. But, um, as it stands right now, there's really no release date scheduled for the West, but I, I don't know. I don't see why they wouldn't bring this game over. But, um, I'm, I'm very interested in this game because I love the, the last title that this team made, which was, uh, For Heroes of Light on oh, okay. Nintendo DS. Mm -hmm. Uh, which was also look was also ama amazing looking game on the Nintendo DS, especially if you had uh, the DSi XL. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really looking forward to playing what they did with the 3DS, but um, I have to wait till it's shipped. <laughs> Sadly. Uh. One last game that I've been playing. I'm just going to talk very briefly about this. Is on the sure. on the 3DS called Kokuga, and it's. Basically, the director of Ikaruga, he was involved with this game as a director, and it's it's a shooter, but instead of being like some kind of a ship or jet fighter or something like that, you're a tank. And uh, <laughs> obviously, with that said, you know tanks aren't known for their ridiculous speed like a jet fighter or a spaceship is. Um, <laughs> so things are a little bit slower in this game, and you know. I do like a lot of things about this game, but then there are some things that I just don't really care for. Namely, just kind of how slow-paced the game is sometimes. Just, like, mm. it reminds me of a twin-stick shooter without, like, a twin-stick, <laughs> I guess. Because you're, basically, you're moving, see. you're moving around the tank with the, with the circle pad. And then by using the shoulder buttons, you're turning, like, the turret of the tank to where you're going to shoot. Um, I mean... <sighs> If you're turning this, if there, if let's say they had an option for Circle Pad Pro support or something, and you know give you another stick, I I, I think it'd be weird if this thing was moving like really fast because it would just be kind of unrealistic, I guess. But um, I don't know. It's it's just kind of a weird game. Um, one of the things about the game is too, you know, you 
have your standard shot, but then at the bottom there's like this card system where if you touch like let's say there's a card for like rapid fire, then you have like rapid a rapid fire gun that you can shoot. And the thing is with these guns and other power ups, there's like a uh, repair thing and you know stuff like that. But um, if you're doing some kind of like attack card, it's limited basically with how much time that you can use it so you kind of have to like strategically use these throughout the stage you can't just start slamming on these things towards the beginning of the stage mm. because then by the time you're at the boss you're going to be just relying on your normal shot and it's going to be pretty freaking hard to you know <laughs> beat the boss but um i don't know i've come nowhere close to beating this game <laughs> um but there's something like 15 stages i think and then each stage has three levels of difficulty so, I mean, there's a lot of, like, challenge, you know, here, but as it stands, it's like a premium price 3DS game, and uh, if this thing ever leaves Japan, it, it sure as hell isn't going to be as a premium price game, because I don't think anybody would buy it. So, maybe it'll come out in the eShop for, like, 10 bucks or something, but I don't know. Hmm. Well, I, I, I feel about, it, about some games, too, like um, the demo... Uh, Minoramans, which is Shifting World. I have that game, mm -hmm. um, fully boxed, and I feel it's more suitable as an eShop download. Well, yeah, that's all I've been playing. Actually, one last thing. So the the people that I've been street passing here sure. recently, too, the last five, I street passed somebody today who was playing uh, Dragon Quest Monsters Terry's Wonderland, somebody who was messing mm -hmm. around with Meat Studio, uh, somebody who was playing Taiko Drum Master on the DS. Another Ocarina of on Time, yeah, an Ocarina of Time 3D, and then somebody's playing New Super Mario Brothers 2. So nice. All right, so that does it for new business. So we're gonna move on to the news. Right in the news. So first up, we're going to talk about some sales numbers here in Japan. Um, this is for the week of October 8th to October 14th, and kind of awesome. You know, Bravely Default Flying Fairy topped the charts at number one with about 145,000 units moved. Um, so that's really awesome for their RPG. I really hope that it continues to do well and hopefully you know eventually gets released outside of japan um in terms of 3ds stuff right after that is project x zone um comes in at third place and it sold hmm. 93,756 units um you know i remember you wrote the story about this on the site like so what's the deal with these like these are you were oh my god you were talking about something how these are basically the highest <laughs> what was it bravely default frank fairy it broke uh, the record of uh, the first week sales of uh, new, uh, uh, new 3D, uh, 3DS new IP titles. Cool. So after that, then, you know, New Super Mario Brothers is still up there, um, still pushing a lot of units, about 30,000. So it's over, uh, over a million now, like 1.2 million here in Japan. Um, then after that, uh, Girls Mode, uh, a.k.a. Style Savvy in the West is... Actually, I'm kind of surprised at how much this game is sold. Um, it just came out last month on the 27th. It's like a fashion kind of game. I don't know if any of you guys are into it's, those uh, type of things. I, I played the demo of it. It's actually pretty interesting. Um, I played the original 2 for a review, and I actually really liked it. So it, it's it's kind of intriguing, but it's... 
it's something that I would buy as a curiosity purchase, not really tend to really play it too often. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, this is kind of crazy. This thing has already sold like 123,000 units, and it's not even been a full month yet. Um, so that's kind of crazy. Uh, some other big games, let's see. I mean, Pokemon Black and White 2, I mean, that's still, you know, going kind of strong. It's oh, both titles combined. It's nearing the 3 million mark here in Japan. That about does it, really. So, yeah, so let's move on to the next bit of news. Okay, uh, we pre-ordered started in Japan on October October uh, 6th, starting on Amazon at midnight, then other retailers fo- uh, followed. And actually, I had a plan to pre-order it at Amazon, but I was just a little bit late to the midnight party because uh, I was uh, playing Club Nintendo Picross, and <laughs> I didn't notice hmm. it. So um, I jumped in front of my PC and tried to pre-order at Amazon and many other online stores. But uh, all the servers were so busy and crowded that I couldn't finish pre-ordering it. Yeah, I tried as long as two hours or so. Yeah, but like I what, could, yeah. what time was it when you started to like try? Uh, after... Uh, after ten minutes. Oh my god! Yeah. Really? I yeah. I think I I woke up randomly at like three or in the morning, and then I checked the site, and I just gave up and went back to bed. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Ten minutes later, uh, it was already uh, yeah crazy. Good gravy. <laughs> Good gravy indeed. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Have you guys? Well, I, I guess us here in Japan. Have you guys? Well, I guess Don too. Have you guys reserved Wii U yet? Or are you planning to? Or I did it in January. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and and yeah, I, actually, uh, I did. Hmm. Cool. Where did you reserve yours at Minoru? Yeah. Uh, although I couldn't pre-order the premium set online, and uh, I called um, a game shop nearby uh, late at the night. And I got to know that they are going to start accepting pre-order next morning. Yeah, so I got up early in the next morning and successfully pre-ordered the premium set. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, actually, like, I... Okay, when the 3DS came out here, I, I live in kind of a smaller city outside of Tokyo, and... When the 3DS came out, they didn't do pre-orders for the 3DS, so none of the stores in my town. So I was like, man, crap, they're not going to do it for Wii U either. I just assumed. But then I had just a weird bug up my ass one day last week, and I said, you know, I'm just going to call one of these places or just go to one of these stores and just see. So I went to, like, a Toys R Us here in my town, and I, like, asked him. I was like, oh, are you guys taking pre-orders for, you know, Wii U? And I expected a no. And he's like, oh, yeah, the tickets are back over there. I was like, what? And, uh... (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sure enough, he showed me, and yeah, they had you know tickets for it, so I pre-ordered the premium one. But after hmm. that, then I decided I was like, man, I wonder if the other electronics store here in my town has the Monster Hunter bundle, because I'd like to have that extra controller, the the Wii U Classic controller, whatever Wii U Pro. The Wii U, the Wii U, Wii U Pro Excuse controller. Excuse me. Um, 
yeah, so I called the store and I was like, yeah, you guys got, you guys doing pre-orders? And I expected a no and got a yeah. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, do you guys have the Monster Hunter bundle? Again, expected a no and got a yeah. So then I ended up going there and reserved that too. So I have two Wii U's pre-ordered. <laughs> so hey, you should give me one of those pre-orders if you're not going to use it. I mean, I mean, it's not or like, me or me it's, or me. Yeah, we'll just give you no hey, money. This is yeah, this is just a pre-order. It's not like it's you know I paid everything. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so that's, that's so that. yeah. I haven't pre-ordered. Oh, needless to say. Well, you have my pre-order. It's waiting for you. Okay. You just have to come to my town and get it. You you said it was it was the good bundle, right? Yeah, it's the premium one. So, yeah, yeah. Seriously, we should talk about it after the show, man. I'm, yeah, we will. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm ignoring this conversation. Hey, I it's to... harder to ship something internationally than it is to have him come to my city and just get it. I will give you all my money. Ugh, I don't know if I want to <laughs> deal with the hassle. It's better than our our postal service. <laughs> this is where you you start the bidding. Yes, Annie. we'll start at ten thousand yen. This is just for the pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So the next bit of news, Don. Sure. Um. So, um. During October, there was a special Animal Crossing Direct, uh, which happened on October fifth, which was just before my birthday. Um, so, they revealed in, like, a 47-minute presentation a lot of features. I think they discussed almost everything we wanted to know. So, let's talk first with uh, Street Pass. So, in Street Pass, uh, players can visit other people's homes and explore them on their own leisure. Um, the amount of homes available in this model park is limited, but um, they will replace homes after like 48 houses. Um, Characters will walk around in this area and will give you items like ice cream, bubbles, and (laughs) pinwheels. (laughs) Um, And then players can also visit somebody else's town when dreaming by visiting a massage parlor. Um, this allows players to see how other people set up their towns. Um, trees can be cut, fruits can be collected, uh, but it won't impact their village in the slightest. Um, these towns can be accessed by connecting over the internet and finding a specific person's uh, village number. So it's not only specific to street pass, um, but it will require you to know some things and details. Um, Animal Crossing, of course, supports um, local and online play for up to four people. Um, these four friends can visit any part of the town freely with one another and have the option to enjoy many new activities. Um, some of these are on a new tropical island, which is completely populated by Kappas. Um, there are a, fair, a variety of activities and missions, um, which can be enjoyed among your friends. And this will reward you with medals, which you can spend on stores on the same island. And these um, mini-games are run or hosted by Tortimer, which used to be the mayor in the previous Animal Crossing games. I guess he retired. Yeah, he retired, or became the mayor of that island, we don't <laughs> know. Um, so, in, so next up is uh, the design aspects, um, which they have done a lot for. So... For starters, you can design your own roads and create paths for your visitors to walk on. 
You can even set up a camping ground so that animals who don't live in your town can pay you a surprise visit. Um, as the mayor, you can decide what to build on your town. However, you won't always have the cash flow to make this happen all by yourself, and therefore, you will have to ask villagers to chip in a little bit, little bit of their own money. Um, this is a process that can take a day if you're lucky, but weeks if the project is huge and needs a lot of funding. Um, of course, you can still buy regular clothing from the Able Sisters, but in th this new version you can also buy uh, shoes and boots for your character to wear. Uh, you can also change the completely the outside of your house at Tanuki Housing Real Estate, <laughs> uh, which is now where um, Tom Nook is. Uh, you can keep it simple and just replace your chimney, and or go crazy and turn your house into like a small castle. Um, there is also, in the Create Designs feature, makes also a triumphant return, and there are a lot of new possibilities, like uh, the palette of colors has been largely improved, and there are various tweaks like the ability to zoom in and out on your designs. Um, you can put your designs also in anything in the game. Um, it applies to shirts, furniture, flags, and whatever things you have. Uh, the best thing uh, about it is that you can share these cre creations for QR codes so that all your friends can enjoy them. Uh, finally, at the end of the presentation, um, Kazumi Totoka, who is, of course, known as um, KK Slider in the game, um, he talked about uh, the music in the game. Um, depending on what time of day you're walking through your town, the music will sound really different and will, re and will react to your surroundings. So players can expect early, mu early morning music to be calm and relaxed, while music during the day has more of an upbeat tone. Uh, later in the evening, the music gets more bass, and if you dare to school late at the night, the music will be mysterious to the ears. <laughs> Ooh. Spooky. Yeah, Cake Slider is of course back. Um, he's back in a new place called Club Four Four Four. Oh, awesome! Okay. On Saturday, uh, on Saturdays he does his usual guitar gig and lets you enjoy like the various relaxing, fun little melodies. Um, fortunately enough, this is not the only time during the week you will say, see KK um, with a new feature in the game. At night, he will take his alter ego of DJ KK, uh, which will be on the other days that he doesn't do his guitar gig. Um, there will be um, various um, waves to jump upon. There will be one called Famicom Night, uh, which was um, presented in the presentation and includes bits of chiptune. Uh, your friend, your friends, and yourself can dance to the music if you so desire. Um, that's all the bit of the information. Uh, the game comes out on November eighth and will be both retail and digital. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped for this game. Um... I skipped out on the Wii version of Animal Crossing because it's it seemed like too much of the same. So, um, Ty, have you played like a lot of Animal Crossing before? Um, I played the GameCube one a fair bit. I didn't really like oh. it, but I played it. Did okay. I know in the English version. I don't know if you got well, Minoru. I'm pretty sure you probably didn't play the English version of Animal Crossing on the oh, GameCube. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> I said probably. You know. Um, I had a villager in my town. <clears throat> Her name was Nosegay. I, it was really weird. And she was an, uh, an, an anteater. And I don't know. It was just kind of an odd name. And <laughs> yeah, 
I don't know. Just throwing that out there. If any of you listeners had nose gay in your village, hit us up in the comments. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> I'm dying to know. Anyway. But uh, yeah, the, ga- the game looks itself looks pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're they're once again they're making a lot of changes to the core mechanic of the game, like being the mayor changes up the the gameplay like an entire bit because I can imagine that we won't see the same tutorial again like it was in the GameCube in and the and the and the Wii the GameCube and the Wii and the DS versions of the game where you would go to Tom Nook say you are new to the town and get a house. Um, I'm sure Tom Nook will pop up with the real estate um, at the beginning of the game, but it will have less impact because, well, once again, you are the mayor, so you're making the decisions right now. And it will be interesting how they will all set this up, too, because um, that's not very clear to us right now, how the game will set this all up, because you are now the mayor, but how do you actually became the mayor in the first place? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Hmm. All right, great. So, Ty, could you read the next bit of news for us, please? Yes. The 3DS LL, or XL if you prefer, Circle Pad Pro, is coming to Japan November 15th for 1,500 yen. Woo! <laughs> party on. Yeah, party on, Wayne. <laughs> Circle Pad Pro, CLD, is it COD, MLG, XXX headshot. <laughs> yes, headshots. All the headshots. Well, I, bar- I, I barely use that thing anyway. Well, um, I have two uh, Circle Pad Pros for the original 3DS. Uh, God, why do I do this? <laughs> you know. Um, you have you have one you have one on your toilet. I have one on my. T- and you have one uh, next to your bed. I have one in my toilet and then one on my toilet. So. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of cool, I guess, for gamers in Japan that find a need for that. There's been no word of this coming to the West, but if any of you listeners out there want one, send me $120. And I could send you one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of serious, kind of joking. So hit me up. Anyway, um, the next bit of news. So tons of different retail games have been coming or are coming to the eShop here in Japan, and they're already available in Europe and should already be available in North America by the Time. Five of them are five of them. In okay, excuse me. Yeah, because uh, which uh, which are uh, Mario Kart Seven, New Super Mario 3D Land, Ocarina of Time, Star Fox 64, and since this week Mario Ten is open. Okay, well, you know, I'll I'll, I'll let you know what's coming here to Japan, um, and these are actually yeah. coming on November first, I believe. Most of these games, mm-hmm. if otherwise, I'll say. Uh, so, Mario Tennis Open. Uh, Mario and Sonic at the London 2012 Olympic Games. Mario. Don't buy that. <laughs> I don't plan on it. Uh, Mario Kart 7, Super Mario 3D Land, Hanato Ikimono no Ritaizukan. It's like a bug. Uh, 3D photo book of flora and fauna. That's it. <laughs> I didn't. Yep. Is that did that come out in the West? Uh, no, but that this, this, that's the official translated title because they did mention it in one of the translated directs. Okay. Um, so there's that. Then there's Star Fox 64 3D, Ocarina of Time 3D, and Pilot Wings Resort. And that's all coming on November 1st in Japan. 
Uh, later on in November, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon for the 3DS, which is coming out... And Animal Crossing. Yeah, and Animal Crossing, of course, uh, yeah. are both going to yeah. have uh, a digital you know, release as well. Um, yeah. Then, as I think we mentioned earlier, two Paper Mario will see a digital release. And also, too, this is just kind of revealed not too terribly long ago, but Monster Hunter Tri-G... Uh, is going to be available digitally on the eShop starting December 6th. So that's kind of cool, I guess, if you're into Monster Hunter. Um, and <laughs> it's a little bit uh, less expensive than the retail and discounted ver version. That's true, because like at the same time, the Monster Hunter seeing like Monster Hunter Tri G uh, for the 3DS is seeing a price reduction in Japan from like 5,900 yen to 3,800 yen for the regular retail copy, but the digital version is going to be 3,400 yen. So you know, basically 400 yen cheaper, you know, four bucks cheaper than the uh, retail version. So that's kind of cool, because typically you haven't been seeing a lot of this uh, stuff happening. It's just been you know high prices or whatever so that's kind of cool I, I, I'm wondering uh, the original game um, when it came out last year it came with an um, instruction booklet right I think so uh, if, uh, that's why uh, that's why I'm wondering because if that's the case I'm just presuming that the budget version and the download version both have like just an um, a digital manual so that's so that is where the reduction comes from I think could be yeah, I have no yeah. idea. I mean, I bought the game last year, so I don't know. I haven't opened it since last year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it came with a manual. I'm just checking now. Okay, cool. So yeah, all right, awesome. So moving on. Okay, now AKB48 plus me will be the first third-party title to be available digitally. And it's included in the package version. Yeah, so this is this is kind of a weird move because yeah, what's the point? Yeah, so it's like it, uh, me and Don have talked about this before on Skype because you know obviously if you buy the you know physical copy, what's to keep you from after you get the digital version from just taking it back to the game shop and just selling it? <laughs> you know, uh, it seems kind of silly. So I'm. You would think that the company would have some kind of an idea. To... We are, we are we are currently thinking of a plan to actually buy it. We're still worth considering <laughs> it. Maybe, but yeah, I don't know. Our I... evil scheme is going perfectly, by the way. So, <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I don't know. I, I I don't see how this can just be. How can how in the hell could this just be so easy to just to nab the digital version and then just sell the retail version? That's ridiculous and stupid. If it... But there. Another thing, there is another digital game coming that same day. That's uh, also Samurai Wars Chronicles Second is also coming on that day, digital. Okay. Cool. I did. Um, they they announced that a week ago, I think. Okay. Cool. Well, there you have it, all you Samurai Warrior Chronicles fans. Chronicles Second is which is which is which which is me. Yes. So I will buy that digital. And I already cancelled pretty much my pre-order for that game because. It's really hard to get, actually, and the the amount of getting that copy is very limited. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, I'm getting it through digital, which is way easier. Cool. Cool. Well, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Yes. So actually, Don, can you read the next bit of news there? 3DS LL packages. So there was um, a Chota Nintendo Direct for these retail games, uh, but there was also a Chota Direct for um, upcoming 3DS LL packages. Um, which are coming out 
fairly soon. Uh, so first there is a Monster Hunter Tri-G bundle, which comes with an all-black 3DS XL, or LL in Japan. Uh, it's releasing on November 1st for 21,800 yen. Uh, a week later, um, to collide with the release of Animal Crossing on the 3DS, uh, there's a special uh, white 3DS LL um, Animal Crossing themed system with all these little logos on them. Uh, it also comes with a digital copy of the game, one um, installed on your system, um, and that will go for 22,800 yen. And finally, there is uh, another week will pass, and then there will be a new Super Mario Bros. 2 bundle, which comes with a red 3DS XL with almost little small uh, Mario icons on them, like a shell, like, uh, a mushroom, um, a coin block, what have you. Um, this one comes on November 15th, and it's the same price as the Animal Crossing one. So 22,800 yen. Yeah, so lots of cool, you know, uh, system packs coming out here in Japan. Um, one way, uh, if you look up at your screen right now, and if you're listening to an enhanced version of the podcast, I'll try to flash some pictures of these uh, systems. But uh, one way I heard the Animal Crossing system and the Mario system described, it's kind of like a Louis Vuitton kind of, I guess, style, you know, where all these little tiny emblems are just kind of all over. It looks pretty sharp, and if I had just extra money just to blow, I'd probably get both of them, <laughs> but you know, uh, they, they both look nice. Yeah, yeah. They look, both look really nice. So too. So Ty, with you being in the market for a 3DS, like, what, like, are you going for? Are you going to go for a, an LL? Are you going to go for just a standard 3DS? Or have you decided? Or, um, I haven't decided. I'll probably just get the most swag <laughs> one I can. <laughs> swag Surf and Ty Sugar. Swag is the LL, so <laughs> that's already that. Yeah, but if it, would you be interested in a bundle of just buying them on the regular standard retail price? Uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> hmm. it, it, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, um, I don't I don't know if any of those games interest you. Maybe I'll have to have a good hard look, but yeah, I'm not like falling over myself to go buy one before Late yeah, yeah. Versus Right comes out. Definitely. Yeah, well, I think, didn't they mention, too, on this Nintendo Direct that they're going to try to make these more readily available than, like, for example, the Fire Emblem 3DS that they released earlier in the year? Oh, yeah, that was, that was, that was, a, that was a disaster yeah. with, the, uh, with the Fire Emblem one. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, only sold um, exclusively on the, like, Nintendo store or something. I don't know. It was... And it, and it couldn't deliver on all of them either, so <laughs> that was terrible. That's dumb. Yeah. Um... But yeah, they they made made sure that they're more readily available, so they also cannot be found like a limited edition. They, those will become standard for a little while. Wow, cool. Um, so it's it seems like in November they're really pushing the 3DS to its limits with the third party and first party stuff out there. Yeah, and the digital content. So Definitely, it, it it looks like a pretty promising November for Japan. There. Oh yeah, tons of great games coming out. It, it's going to be pretty incredible, that's for sure. And also possibly um, the sequel to. Pushmo or four blocks. Yeah, uh, four blocks. Waiting for a Japanese oh. release date, a Japanese name. They haven't really said. Well, anything. here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If a Nintendo Direct comes the next week, which seems pretty likely, um, because we're co- recording this now on the 
on the 21st, so there hasn't been a Nintendo Direct yet. I think there will be one next week, pretty sure. If they talk about the 3DS, I'm pretty sure that that game will release on that day. Because um, they're already working on the on the Japanese version, I'm pretty sure. Because it is a Japanese company, after all, and they had the time to translate this for a demo at various American events and for the European Nintendo Direct. So, I'm I'm thinking that they have something already in the works, uh, if not possibly early November for Japan. I'm pretty sure they're getting it first. Um, so, yeah, I'm, it, it, it's... Looks like a promising mom for sure. Um, and also, that's something very small and related. The Guild of One games are coming to the eShop in the West. Yeah, I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um, with the exception of the, what is it, Rental de Bukia. Uh, like the uh, rental... <laughs> rental Bukia de Omase. There it is. Um, yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool and pretty funny, but they're not bringing that. Instead, they're bringing the piece of shit Crimson Shroud over which I didn't really care for um, although uh, Liberation made in our our uh, port are a lot of fun yeah definitely um, I, I downloaded the, the the English version of Liberation Maiden and it's awesome that's really translated that well cool. I'm really impressed because it's the first proper um, self-published level 5 game and I must say they did a really good job of that cool. so I'm really looking forward to what they're doing with our Porter. cool cool Cool. So that's all, really. Cool. Well, yeah, that, that's going to do it with news. So next, we're going to move on to our Life in Japan segments. All right, and we're back. And today, right now, we're going to talk about our Life in Japan segment. And so basically, this is a segment of the show where we're going to talk about something not necessarily gaming-related, but something related to Japan. And this next part is actually something that I've heard a little bit about, and also what really kind of got me thinking about it again is that our very own Megabyte, Aaron Kaluska, he brought this up in... Uh, the forum thread for the questions for the NWR Japan crew, he brought that up, and uh, the topic is no dancing in basically commercial places in Japan, like namely like bars and restaurants and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> Aaron had found this really interesting picture where I'll read you exactly what it says, and if you look at the if you have the enhanced version of the podcast, I'll try to get a picture in there too. So if you look at your screen right now, you can see it. Um, and it just this is what it says word for word. So please, no dancing. It is prohibited by by the Japanese law to dance in any commercial place in Japan. We don't allow to dance. And that's what it says in this establishment. <laughs> Thanks for the cooperation. So. <laughs> Obviously, Don, I mean, unless there's some kind of crazy, like, video documentary about this, I don't know how much you saw or been affected by this. Um, but for those of us living here in Japan, I mean, has this done anything to you, like your social <laughs> life? I mean, I know Ty likes to dance. Whenever me and Ty went to TGS, we came back to my town, and we were dancing all over the place, you know. So I'm, I'm a, a dance machine. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dance machine. I just did had you guys to kind get of, arrested for that? Well, I, we didn't somehow. So, 
But anyway, I'm in prison right now. <laughs> there it is. I didn't even know. But um, yes, I mean, this is kind of crazy. I mean, I, there are a couple bars that I go to in my town, and you know, I honestly have never really seen anybody dance, so I've never seen this as like a big problem. But I don't know. Have you, I mean, have you guys ever noticed people dancing to the point where it's getting dangerous or anything? <laughs> no. Nope. Well, I can't speak. Um, you know, well, anytime recently. actually. Uh, during my college years, uh, I went to, uh, some of the party areas of Tokyo and, uh, there was some dancing in some very crowded bars and clubs, but mm, no real danger or anything other than it being crowded. Hmm. Yeah. Cause like, I don't, you know, you think about, you know, why laws get put into place sometimes. It's usually because something obviously had happened. Usually some kind of law like this typically wouldn't just come into place for nothing. So it's like, I wonder what in the hell happened to <laughs> make the Japanese government, you know, make this law and stuff like that. Cause like I said, I've never really seen this. Well, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to make laws about, you know, crowded places being dangerous, you mean, what about the trains? They've got, <laughs> guy, they've got guys who like crowbar people onto cramped trains, you know, like <laughs> they could easily like slip between the gap between the train and the, the, uh, the platform and get crushed to death but, you know that's fine <laughs> yeah but if well, you dance and you might accidentally poke someone in the eye oh no that's dangerous <laughs> did any of you guys uh google it look it up try to find out the origin of the law i was just going on your guys's wisdom for this so okay well i i did my homework because <laughs> you uh, started this law <laughs> yes i i did it you are the law. You are the law. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, for my roughly one minute of intensive research... He's crazy. It, um, <laughs> it, it seems like uh, this got tagged on to, like, a, a 1948 law. Whoa. Yeah, about, you, you know, like, post-war, it was a madhouse. No fun allowed. They wanted to crack down on you know, like prostitution and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And apparently sometime in the eighties, somebody like snuck this in onto that law to prohibit dancing in commercial areas. But apparently no one has ever cared about it <laughs> or enforced it or anything until like just this last year when there was some like random, you know, citations or arrests or whatever. <laughs> so I don't know why they would start enforcing it now, but they've apparently chosen just to start enforcing it now. Interesting. Do you, do you guys know if this is for the whole of Japan? Because I, I heard it was like just Osaka or something. Mm, like I don't know. Enforcing it. No, I heard the story about somewhere in Osaka, like, you know, clamped down, like in a club in Osaka that did it. But like, I haven't heard anything about Tokyo, but I could be wrong. Maybe it's just like more strict, just wherever you go. Maybe it's a national law, but they just take it seriously down there and don't care up here. <laughs> I don't know. Was it like after a certain time, like, uh, like after one a.m. or something like that? Uh, that's another thing I remember reading. Like after one a.m., there's no dancing, but before then, it's fine. I don't know. Possibly. Hmm. Yeah. But, it, but it's stupid when you think about the how many illegal things go on in Japan, you know, right under the nose of the police and they don't, you know, <laughs> care or whatever because it's controlled by the Yakuza or whatever, you know. <laughs> and then it's like 
Yeah, but dancing, yeah, that's going to kill people. Yeah. Yeah, I have to wonder if, like, any uh, arrests that have happened so far have been, like, an Al Capone kind of thing where they're (laughs) trying to take somebody down on whatever they can. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and what did he... Al Capone got taken down by, like, tax evasion or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something (laughs) stupid like that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you got to take right. what you can get. Yes. So, the, so the the head of the uh, the the triads and the yakuza in Tokyo, they couldn't get them on anything. But you know, the head got caught dancing at a night <laughs> nightclub at two a.m. <laughs> Boom, he's in prison. Yeah, he's in prison for life. It's crazy. What are you in here for? Oh, I was doing the macarena too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, everyone, welcome back, James Charlton. Uh, Hi, everybody. Yeah, he's... Oh, my God! Yeah, if you didn't notice the <laughs> docile tones of James Charlton, he's back for uh, the last part of the show with us <laughs> that here. That has to be the latest title card ever. Yeah, hey, I was... You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> was it was it Giant Bomb who did that? Like, you know, the, the, late, the great late title cards, you know, like you're like 10 minutes into a movie and then it finally comes up with the title card, you know? <laughs> And you're like, oh, that's the movie I'm watching. This is an artistic thing, okay? You wouldn't understand, James. That's why you left the Famicast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, the Friday the 13th reboot Mm -hmm. had the worst one ever. It was like 45 minutes in or something. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know if it's the end credits or the title card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I've just had like a little bit of white text come at the bottom, you know, also starring. (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly that's people exactly mo- it. most people missed it <laughs> yeah so I, I guess back to this topic like uh minoru do you have any opinion about this or any thoughts that you'd like to share or <laughs> actually no oh. <laughs> i was gonna say don't get minoru started on this topic yeah we'll, uh, this will be a five-hour podcast yeah I, we should probably tone it down sorry minoru you can't talk about it okay so um, well danny you know there's only one way to uh you know find out if this law does exist right yes and that's, a, <laughs> and that's an all-night famicast party starting <laughs> a little right civil now. disobedience yes yes <laughs> so that's going to be coming to you next month live from Video the saitama super arena famicast okay maybe not but <laughs> 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 anyway, um, do you guys, anybody else have any closing thoughts on this topic? Um, my closing thought is it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I think it's genius, and I'm really glad that they kind of pushed this forward because this is really <laughs> becoming a problem in my daily life because I was just dancing too much. <laughs> but anyway, that might. Just... I think there was a, a petition going around to try to get it voted on again. Seriously? <laughs> I think so. Oh, God. I, I vaguely remember seeing that in my brief Google search. <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe they'll overturn it. Okay. Maybe. Well, we can only the, cross... The, um, the death because penalty the... does exist in Japan, right? There isn't a death penalty for dancing, right? <laughs> there might be. There but... is a death penalty. Um, you would have to dance a lot okay. to get the death t- penalty, I think. Because okay. I'm, I'm all for doing a video podcast, but, you know, I don't want to take it too far. <laughs> Yeah, true. Good point. I don't want anyone, uh, under no exception, to be you know executed for dancing too much. Yeah, so be careful out there. If you come to Japan, don't dance in public. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, just to be safe, don't dance at all when you're in Japan. You'll be still be fine. So, 
Sage advice from Donnie Bivens. There you go. All right. With that said, let's move on to listener mail. for listener mail if you want to send us a question you can always hit us up uh, via email at famicast at nintendoworldreport.com or you can head over to the nintendo world report forums um ty where ty is a superstar because his name is super am i wrong it's true (laughs) okay uh and you can go to the thread it's in the i believe general chat section under the community pages uh questions for the nwr japan crew and yeah feel free to write us a question in there and actually this is exactly where i pulled this question from so i'll go ahead and read it so wait a minute ty you're super from the forums didn't you get a letter read out on a previous episode wait what (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) i post in i post in that thread a lot (laughs) <laughs> but you never listened to the Famicast before no. now. No, I'm deaf. I can't listen to it. <laughs> what? <laughs> the audience is deaf. Yes. So, so uh, I'll go ahead and read the question. Um, pardon me if I mispronounce your name. Um, Azik. Azik. Azeke. However you want to say it. Writes. I've seen how in a few Game Center CX shows that they keep referring to Korea, China, Korea and China as Asia, as in Arino's trip to Asia, or Arino saying, I've been to Asia. I think they even refer to Malaysia or the Philippines as Asia. So the question is, do they not consider Japanese people, do they not consider themselves as Asia or what? Or everything of the west of Japan of Japan is considered Asia or then why not Malaysia is what (laughs) (laughs) then why is Malaysia is Asia is this guy from Asia (laughs) because his English isn't very good I'm sorry (laughs) or maybe he was drunk well or maybe he's maybe he's European maybe maybe I'm drunk um, well before we ask Minoru um, I'd like to give my uh, thoughts with this in relation to Britain and the rest of Europe because it, it very much reminded me of that like um, like British people we don't say like we're European mm-hmm. even though we are and we mm-hmm. get a bit annoyed when Americans say you know all oh, you Europeans are alike or whatever you know, it's <laughs> like we're not European you know because we're on an island and we you know we speak English and we have our own currency and we you know, well, we, yeah, we you you got you you guys you guys said no to Europe before for that same reason, yeah, um, because you wanted to keep that independence. Yeah, it's the, well, know, the rest of Europe was like we wanted to unite together to be Europe. Yeah, and we didn't want that, so uh, we <laughs> yeah. wanted to keep our own stuff. You know, I'm not talking yeah. personally here. I'm just talking as a as a nation, the nation that I left. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, but that's how the situation is. It always has been that way. Yeah, it's true, it's true. I mean, we're still not in the euro, just in case people don't didn't realize that. <laughs> we still kept the pound. But um yeah. Yeah, so even though we technically we are European, we don't call ourselves European. And we actually refer to, you know, like people like Don, I would say, you know, he's a European guy and I wouldn't include yeah. myself in that group. Mm-hmm. Um so I I have a feeling like, you know, cuz Japan and 
UK are kind of, you know, the islands, island mentality, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, we're on our own and screw the rest of you guys around us, that kind of thing. I think there are a lot of similarities, it's, so I'm guessing it's like it, that. It's, isn't the weird situation that Ireland does consider themselves Europe? <laughs> Ireland, yes. I-R-E-Land, yeah. yes. <laughs> Indeed. Ireland have the Euro and England doesn't. <laughs> we're separated <laughs> by a tiny bit of water. Crazy. Great job. So, uh, Minoru, um, is that kind of similar to what Japan thinks? Do Japan think, you yeah. know, we're an island, we're on our own, and the rest of it is Asia? And uh, I think uh, the situation in Japan is pretty much the same as uh, the UK, like uh, you mm, mentioned. And, but well, mm, Malaysia and the Philippines are Asia, I think, uh, regardless of where you live. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Asia's and a big place. <laughs> a big, yes. big continent. <laughs> yeah. And I think every Japanese considers Japan as Asia, mm, but at the same time, it's mm, very uh, common for them to apply the word Asian only to non-Japan Asian countries and people. Yeah, probably because uh, the concept of uh, Asia excluding Japan is more frequently used uh, than just of Asia including Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, so it's just a matter of uh, frequency. Mm, but um, note that the inclusive use of the word Asia is also common in Japanese. Mm. Yeah. But uh, there seems to be a little confusion or miscommunication about the ambiguity. Yeah, and actually, uh, I did a little bit um, uh, of research, and I asked a linguist specializing in Chinese if it's also common in Chinese to apply the equivalent word of Asia to non-China Asia. Uh, although she's Japanese, uh, uh, so uh, she was not hundred percent sure. But she said it's not common in Chinese. Hmm. Yeah, so I think um, mm, yeah, just like uh, in the UK, uh, mm, uh, Japan is an island country. So mm, uh, Japanese people tend to mm, exclude themselves from uh, Asia. It's funny actually. Like when you when you say like when there's a British or American guy talking to a Japanese person, you, you may be in a teaching type situation and you say something about Asian people and you, you are including Japan as part of that group, then they kind of look a bit shocked. It's like, you know, why are you calling me an Asian guy? You know, <laughs> I'm Japanese. You know? <laughs> They're kind of like a little bit taken aback. It's like, no, no, you, we consider you guys Asian. You are Asian. So <laughs> get used to it. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of funny. The um, another kind of similarity uh, with the UK and Japan is how we consider our language the best, <laughs> and and kind of screw other languages. We don't need to learn another language. <laughs> like you know, a lot of Japanese you know say you know, um, unfortunately a lot of young Japanese as well these days say, why do I need to learn English? I'm not going to leave Japan. You know, I'm going to work in Japan. I'm going to live in Japan. So you know, screw learning English. It's too hard. And you know it's the same in the UK. It's like we say, screw learning English. Why do we need <laughs> screw learning English? <laughs> no, 
No, it's like when we're learning French in school, we're just like, you know, what's the point of learning French? You know, everyone speaks English, you know, the whole world speaks English. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then I'll just shout louder and maybe they'll understand. <laughs> that sounds kind of similar to sometimes America too. I mean, you know, I think, I don't know, maybe a lot of, well, I, Europe's, Europe's kind of a different beast. And I mean Europe as in yeah. not including the UK. James. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's right. Because, yeah. I mean, in, in America, too, you kind of have a mindset. It's like, why do I need to learn another language? I'm not going to leave the country or anything like that. Or if I do, I'll just use English because a lot of people speak English anyway. And I, I can understand the mindset. And, you know, I, that, that, but if you if you go to an uh, to like an offshoot or a country that's close by like Canada or a country in Europe, they are like, we need to learn English or we need to learn this other language to make ourselves more plausible in this environment. Yeah. So, I uh, yeah, <laughs> I could kind of understand it. And I mean, you know, being here in Japan, <laughs> you couldn't get by without knowing a lick of Japanese if you really need to. That's not a problem. I don't think it's going to mm -hmm. be necessarily the most easy or maybe the most pleasant experience but <laughs> it's gonna be hell yeah <laughs> you can definitely do it but i mean it, it just kind of just depends on where they're gonna be going but uh, this is kind of a little bit different than anything what the question was talking about but hey whatever that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all related yeah. <laughs> probably yeah, probably <laughs> so so uh, have you guys seen any game center cx episodes where he says yeah I've seen I've seen most of the episodes so I know what he is talking about um, I think they do mention exact locations on where we are and they show them on a map <laughs> so they don't exclude all like all referential things from the episodes but the the, the titles usually apply that they're going to Asia <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean if they say you know Southeast Asia <laughs> you know something like that that would make more yeah, sense right yeah. well, but the, 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 during the actual episode, they will they will say from they are here in this country. Um, so why does he go to these countries? Um, he went to Korea and China. I don't remember what he went to China for. Uh, not exactly. Um, for Korea, he went for for a um, special arcade episode. Um, and went through some stuff there. Maybe China. Um, maybe with the China episode, it was to meet the developers of Mole Kart, the Mario Kart <laughs> ripoff on iOS. <laughs> well, that was that was way before the time. I think he went to China in what is it, 2005, 2006? They were still working on it at oh, the time. Okay. They knew Can, it was going to happen. They're still yeah. developing Mole Kart. Um, yeah. He also he also went in one of the episodes. He went to um, the the movie expo in France. Huh. Weird. You mean um, for to promote come? the the promote the English version of um, Game Center CX for oh, the first okay, time? Cool. Nice. And Kanye, and um, after that he went to America to to look at fans who actually watched the American version. So it all worked out <laughs> in the end. Um, so he has been to all regions at least once in the, in this Game Center career. So that's pretty interesting. Was it called Retro Game Master? Master? Retro right, Game right, Master right. in the West, yeah. Uh, they they made like around eight or ten episodes, and now it's it's done, and the contract with Kotaku is over. So I'm not sure what they're gonna do. There's a DVD, by the way, which uh, includes also two extra episodes. Um, if people, Western people are interested, well, there's a lot of stuff on the eShop, right? Oh, yeah. Like uh, you can watch episodes on the well, eShop. Japan right? eShop, if you have yeah, access to also. Yeah, also all the also all the old ones that were available yeah. on Wii are available That's on the right. eShop. 
Dan, um, can you watch those like on your Japanese 3DS in Europe? Uh, yeah, why wouldn't I? I can access the eShop, right? Right, right, right. I just, um, you know, with the video stuff. Yeah, but that, that is the video service, and that's IP blocked. And e the eShop has never been IP blocked. Right, right, right. I get you. Yeah. That's good. Cool. All right. So, I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show after this short musical break. So we're going to wrap up the show here and we're going to go ahead and first give you our Twitter handles and I'll go ahead and get started with it. Um, I'm at DannyBiv on Twitter and my last most interesting tweet, uh, I tweeted this last night, I had just got done playing the X Troopers demo and I said, good lord, X Troopers looks amazing on the 3DS, definitely the prettiest game I played on the system so far. And that's what I had. Yar, that's what I'd say about that. So, that's so metal. Not very really <laughs> well, but hey, anyway. Um, Don, could you go ahead and be next? Yes, um, my Twitter handle is Nintendan, which is N-I-N-T-E-N-D-A-A-N. Um, my last interesting tweet was, Played more Skylanders 3DS. There are less bosses or arena battles than I was expecting. A bit saddening, but I'm enjoying it still. This is in relationship to uh, Skylander Giants, uh, which was released on the 3DS last Friday here in Europe. Um, it is not as good as the original one, and it has some technical problems. The Wii version <laughs> is better, though. Cool. Alright. So, next, Minoru. Okay, I'm at NWR underscore Minoru. And my mm, last interesting tweet is uh, PS3 X Trooper demo is pretty much the same as the 3DS one. Online co-op is awesome. I'll buy PS3 version day one. Yeah, and <laughs> this is to be a good op opportunity for us to share this little bit of information too, but uh, so... Basically, if you have a PS3, what's and let's say extra is something that you really want to buy, um, there are ways where you can access the Japanese, you know, PSN store, um, you know, and basically so you can do that. So I mean, if you'd want to play this game and have a PS3, it's definitely possible. Um, it'd be a little bit lengthy if we went into a discussion on how you can do this, but if you just Google, you know, make a Japanese account, exactly, That's and all. you can do it. It's not hard. There were but if you if, if you are if you are known with a PlayStation, I'm pretty sure you know the rest yeah. of the steps. But just basically make a Japanese account and make sure it's not linked to an address. So yeah, there you go. So you can play X Troopers. Maybe not on your 3DS, but you can at least play it on your PS3 if you have one. So, all right, and Ty. Yes. <laughs> My Twitter name is Super Cat Super Drugs. Cat drugs. <laughs> one word. Yeah, That's that so metal. <laughs> it's it brutal. brutal. <laughs> oh my god! Did you All say right. mental or metal? Metal. metal. Like, men oh, Mentos. Mentos. Freshmaker. <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, I recently tweeted I found a place that prints custom body pillow covers. <laughs> so, what <char> <laughs> so, what character should I get? <laughs> 
I'm oh my god! Double or Duke Nukem or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I got got a bunch of replies, and the best one was Gabe Newell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, Gabe Newell gave you a suggestion? <laughs> no, no, that was no. I, I'm gonna get Gabe Newell printed on a body pillow so I can cuddle with him that at night. What? Oh, okay, that's all right. Then. <laughs> That's even more creepy. Awesome. As long as it's not the ass of an anime. <laughs> or my ass. Actually, that's more. That's actually, actually, that's more fine than Gabe freaking hey. Newell. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try Gabe it. Gabe Newell. <laughs> no. He's a sexy yes. man. <laughs> okay. Um, well, did you? Well, Ty, out of curiosity, did you make a decision on who you want to have printed on your pillow yet? I'm still leaning Gabe okay. Newell. Well, um, <laughs> when, as soon as you make a decision, definitely let us know. And we'll keep you, the listener, updated as well. So good l- keep your... Good break. luck with... No, we're not going to we keep will. them updated. No. For a good time, Google Gabe Newell pillow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on the, the day we're going to talk about this, the day Denny's going to talk about sports for a half hour again. again. <laughs> How about Warren Spector's beard? <laughs> that'd be, yeah, that'd be a pretty good selection too. So, Can't go wrong. So so cuddly. God damn it, guys! God Sorry. damn it! Same ballpark. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. Can I can I do it, Danny, or am I not? Oh, did I not anymore? say your name? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Here it is. Here I go. I Jesus, I introduced already... you like ten minutes late, and now I'm just like, up. Oh, it's time to go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, James. I'm sorry. Okay, um, I'm at Family Complicated, and uh, I have uh, first I have a completely uh, self-promotion uh, tweet. Uh, I tweeted that uh, I'm selling my Samurai War- Samurai Warriors Three Classic Controller Pro for Wii. It's on eBay right now. Uh, give it a search if you want to <laughs> if you want to have a awesome classic controller, <laughs> which you can't buy anywhere else. <laughs> um, nice. But uh, my last interesting tweet. I was in a conversation with uh, one of the 8-4 guys about stupid Japanese TV comedy. <laughs> I said, uh, Japanese TV comedy is so stupid it makes Norbit look like airplane. So uh, there you go. Because we were talking about stupid like Japanese TV comedy and how Mr. Bean is probably better comedy than anything on Japanese TV. <laughs> and that's saying something. There you go. James Charlton, final word. <laughs> that's a late, a late title yeah, card again. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> but but Danny, that that little eight four uh, thing was to kind of like give you a little segue. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's actually a kind of a bit of exciting news here too. So well, as you all know, the third annual NWR Live Podcast Telethon for Child's Play is coming up on November 10th, starting at noon Eastern time. This is in the United States. And, you know, basically we're raising, you know, money to help out these kids that are uh, hospitalized, you know, for a long time. This money goes towards getting them toys, video games, basically stuff to do while they're in the hospital. Because, I mean, obviously that sucks. So just, you know, a little bit to kind of give them a little bit of, uh, I guess, a glimmer of hope. Um, But one kind of exciting thing, uh, just... Yesterday, I I had been in contact with the guys at 8-4. I had called them earlier in the week about, you know, coming on the show again. And, um, yeah, they emailed me back here recently, and we are going to have 
eight four play podcast guys on the show as well as long as you know we can raise enough Ooh. money to, you know to get to the Famicast huh. section. So I think it's supposed to be Mark McDonald, uh, JJ Epperson, and Brendan Beyond, and maybe John <laughs> Ricciardi is going to come on too. Well, so that's, that's basically I, the whole yeah, crew. Yeah, it's pretty much like the whole crew taking over. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to be there for sure. I don't, God, I mean, if there's going to be so many people, I don't know if we're going to have anybody else from the Famicast there. So, you know, we're still... Yeah, we'll see. we're still we'll working see. out details on like how we're gonna do all this stuff and uh, time slots and stuff. But definitely, you know, keep paying attention to NintendoWorldReport.com uh, for that. Right now, I think Johnny, you know, had set up a, uh, a basically a site news thing with that, and there's probably a pretty lively comment section talking about a lot of stuff. So definitely keep your eyes on that to see what's going on. So yeah, so. Yeah, awesome. it, it should be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, <laughs> here in Japan, like, basically it starts at, like, I think 2 in the morning or something. I mean, so I have no idea when we're going to start, but it's going to be early and I'm going to be tired. So, but anyway, so that's going to go ahead and bring the show to a close. You know, again, uh, if you want to join... Uh, people should, like, people should, like, tweet that, you know, that news that they've just heard, you know, about A4 being on... The, the live show you know tweet that tell people about it get people who might not listen to the show to listen mm-hmm. to it and stuff like that we would appreciate definitely. it it'd be cool definitely yeah if there is by the way if there's a Nintendo Direct we'll do an, uh, a smaller Famicast maybe but uh, yeah. we're not sure we're, yeah we're gonna is there gonna be a Nintendo Direct I didn't know that well we are pretty sure there will be one because there has been one every two months in Japan <laughs> And the last one has been August 29th, and every single two months before it has been one. But um, I think there will be one next week. Well, I'm so out the loop now. <laughs> and, like I haven't like looked at the internet like since I started my uh, my course. It's like oh, you think you're so much better than us I... now, do you? Because <laughs> you might be. <laughs> it, it it it's all it always so happens to me when I come back from holiday. I completely out of the loop what happened over the weekend. Qua gaming mm. news, so. I can see what it's like for you. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, the first thing I type into Google now is not uh, Nintendo news, it's socio-pragmatic competence. That's the second thing I usually um, type in. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Cool. Well, I think that will officially now bring the show to a close. (laughs) The fourth fourth wrap-up. Maybe the fifth. We might have a sixth coming. Um, yeah, so definitely be sure to join us on the talkback thread to this podcast, and you know, you can talk about the ep- episode, ask us some questions, point out stuff that we missed, point out my screw ups or Ty screw ups. <laughs> I'm just kidding, <laughs> or am I kidding? You know, it's I'm kind perfect. Of like, I, I I haven't reached that age yet, but like you know, I can just imagine when my son is older, it's like handing over the keys to the car. And it's like, you're a little bit worried, you know, you trust them kind of, but, you know, at the same time, they could completely trash the Mm -hmm. car and it could come back, you know, in a cube. (laughs) And uh, I kind of feel like that with the Famicast right now. (laughs) I've handed the keys over to Danny. Then he did did fine. And if if he did screw it up, I possibly corrected him. (laughs) So if any of your listeners think the Famicast is being cubed, um, then uh, please drop us a line. Oh, drop Danny a line. Drop me a line. Tell me how much you hate me, and then I'll cry myself to sleep every night. No, no, Please no. don't do that. 
Responsible for everything. Danny Biv yes, at Twitter. Do it. Danny Biv. <laughs> Tweet me or something. Um, follow him. No, he Danny, needs more followers because he's a lovely guy. He needs yes. more followers. Um, <laughs> also, I just want to. I uh, just want to wish uh, Danny the best of luck with the Famicast. I know he's going to. Thank do you very great. much. And uh, yes, and I'm glad to have Ty on board as mm-hmm. well. Um, fill in the fourth man chair. That was uh, whoop, whoop. very. <laughs> I, I I also I have to write that post now for the Famicast too, so I have to t- take over your duty, James. Yes, yes, I'm sure you all yeah. guys are all going to do great. Mm. Well, I'm a bit worried. I I haven't thought of a name for That's the episode I'm, yet. I'm going to do that, and we're going to have something fun and exciting. May- maybe. Great. <laughs> this will be the first episode without. I a hope title. it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or it could be just called late title card. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> late title card. Hmm. That's that, a might good be, that might be the name. <laughs> That's the the depth of Danny's imagination. Yeah. <laughs> Email suggestions for this episode title, and Danny will go back and yes, rename it. <laughs> I will retroactively. <laughs> um, <laughs> one other thing too, in the talkback section, I'm going to have the uh, <laughs> the correct answers for the music from you know the stuff that's in between the sections. So definitely check that out if you're curious to what you've been listening to. Again, you can email us at famicast at nintendoworldreport.com uh, or hit us up in our feed in our thread at the in the forums. You'll find it somewhere. And yeah, also be sure to check out all the other podcasts going on on NWR, of course, Radio Free Nintendo, um, Connectivity, and Connectivity. Radio, uh, my God, <laughs> Thank Radio you. Trivia. So be sure to check those out and rate and review them on. You see, you see, I am correcting. Rate and review them on iTunes. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to be it for us here today. So, gentlemen, thank you all very much for joining us, joining me rather here today. No, thank you. So, yeah, and with that, we are gone. Later. (laughs) Femi Crew out. Good game. Good game. Bye. Bye.